Hello everyone and welcome back to the third episode of my podcast, What Went On This Weekend. It's the final episode of the year and although I've only done three episodes, it's in that kind of weird time of the year, the week between Christmas and New Year. You're not quite wanting to get started with any of your New Year's resolutions, but at the same time, you're not kind of finished with the eating from Christmas and like kind of the relaxing. I always think that now is kind of a good time to rest and recuperate as you get ready to begin 2022, kind of fresh and eager, ready to get started with like new challenges, ideas, projects. I always think that this is a good time to kind of see your family and friends, take time to do things you enjoy this week. I feel like using this week to do things for yourself, reinventing yourself, doing things you enjoy, just really taking this week to kind of just dedicate to yourself really. At the beginning of each year, we kind of all have this idea that we're going to kind of reinvent ourselves. So it's important to have like kind of realistic goals rather than something completely unrealistic. But at the same same time you do want something to kind of aspire to so I think setting goals is obviously a good thing but don't make them so they're kind of completely never going to happen because then it can when you look at it at the end of the year it kind of makes you feel a bit demotivated whereas if you set achievable goals then when you tick them off it kind of like oh wow like I really did achieve this so let's get started with this week's episode looking back at the weekend of the 25th and 26th of December so we'll begin with a story on La Baby. So he scores, well, they score their fourth Christmas number one in a row. So they're kind of YouTube stars and they're also charity campaigners and they're called Lad Baby. And they have had four Christmas number one singles in a row. This year, the one was called Sausage Rolls for Everyone. And it was a collaboration with Ed Sheeran and Elton John. The song hit the top spot on Friday and Lad Baby have now surpassed the Beatles and the Spice Girls as the act with the most consecutive Christmas number ones. That is huge, isn't it? They're just a couple. I'm sure they're from Nottingham. And yeah, they've come up and they've surpassed huge names like the Beatles and the Spice Girls for charity. It's incredible. So yeah, they're called Mark and Roxanne Hoyle and they do kind of an annual sausage roll themed single, but they aim to raise the funds for the Trussell Trust Food Bank Charity. Some of the songs they've done. So I think their first one was in 2018 with We Built This City on Sausage Rolls, followed by I Love Sausage Rolls. Last year was called Don't Stop Me Eating, which obviously was kind of a comical version of Journey's power ballad don't stop believing and this year was also a cover as kind of the other four years have but it was of a slightly different nature because it wasn't kind of like a classic song it was ed sheeran and elton john's um, new christmas song merry christmas which was actually only released three weeks ago so they must have worked pretty quickly to get this in the works so yeah, it was only released three weeks ago and yeah they managed to rework it um it's now called sausage rolls for everyone and they managed to hit the top spot on friday that's incredible the fact that they do it for charity as well i think it proves a lot about the british public as well as they obviously go and buy the single stream the single on spotify apple music and the fact that everyone's kind of chipping in to help with raising money for charity it's incredible really The next story we're going to touch on is the Queen's Christmas message. Nine million people actually tuned in for it this year. And obviously it's on Christmas. It attracts more viewers than any other programs. And the Queen's Christmas broadcast was around, I think it was around 10 minutes long. And it was watched by 7.4 million viewers on the BBC and 1.7 million viewers on ITV. She was obviously, she was in a little red dress. She looked quite cute. She reflected on a year of like grief in her message. Obviously it was her first um, year without Prince Philip. 
Philip. So she did speak about her grief, saying that there was kind of like one familiar laugh missing. And she obviously, I don't think she could kind of go past her Christmas message without speaking about his death. She obviously spoke about coronavirus pandemic as well. Kind of not too much though, because I feel like she didn't want to focus on the negatives. She also spoke fondly of her eldest son, the Prince of Wales, and his wife, the Duchess of Cornwall. And of course, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge for their focus on the climate change at the COP26. And I think the fact that nine million people still tune in for the Queen's speech is insane. I I certainly tuned in for it. It's kind of a family tradition for a lot of families to tune in for that at 3pm on Christmas Day. Okay, so I did say this last week that I would be speaking about this this week. So I am going to speak about Emily in Paris season two. Maybe I should make this kind of a segment of this podcast, kind of what I've been watching during the week or weekend. Let me know if that's something you'd be interested in hearing about. You can always get involved with the podcast by following it on Twitter at what went on pod. So back to Emily in Paris. I'm not really ashamed to admit that I did actually watch it all in one day. I think it was last Thursday or Friday. I did watch it all in one day, but I feel like that's kind of more doable due to the fact that the episodes are only half an hour long, maybe like 34 minutes, some of them. So it kind of feels like you're watching like little snippets rather than like a big long hour episode. It just feels that bit more chunky. One thing I will say is I'm going to give a disclaimer. There will be spoilers in this. So obviously it hasn't been out that long. So if you haven't had a chance to watch Emily in Paris season two, I am going to give some spoilers. So you might want to just skip past this section or pause the podcast because I will be um, speaking about a lot of the uh, kind of plot that happened during it. I don't want to ruin it for anyone because I know I've watched it kind of relatively fast. So pause now if you don't want to hear any spoilers. Okay, so I wasn't really sure how they're going to drag the Gabrielle storyline out, but they kind of, I feel like they did execute it quite well as they sort of split Camille and Gabrielle up in kind of love rosy way. Obviously, Camille and Gabrielle are together. They're a couple that have been together five years, but I kind of felt like with Gabrielle and Emily's relationship, they kind of did do it in like a love rosy, he's available, she's not, she's available, he's not kind of way. So it did get a little frustrating because at the end, I will, this is a massive spoiler, by the way, they're kind of still not together so you're just kind of like oh hurry up like let's let's get on with this but yeah I think Emily was kind of toxic this season I'm not gonna lie there was a kind of um, a couple of episodes where she was trying to force Camille and Gabrielle to get back together which I didn't necessarily love and then kind of like they made a pact for neither of them to be with Gabrielle and by the end Camille broken that so I feel like it was quite dramatic, but I did find that it was less about the marketing side of things and more about her like kind of personal life, which again, I didn't really love because part of the reason why I loved season one is just because it focused so much on her work. Like I just, one of the standout plot lines of season one is when she put that bed on the streets of Paris and people were sitting on it and stuff and taking pictures. I feel like a lot of the marketing aspect had kind of been lost. Um, It was kind of more about her life, about Mindy's life, kind of just about her love life, really. And it wasn't necessarily, although her work was featured, her marketing kind of felt like it was kind of pushed to the side as a less important part of the story, when I think that's a huge part of the story. And at the end of the day, that's why she's in Paris to begin with. We also met Alfie, who was a British banker working in Paris he's kind of lovable but he was one of those characters who immediately comes across as kind of rude so they met in French class and he she was like can I sit here he was like no basically but he's kind of one of those people you begin to love I think by the end a lot of people were rooting for him 
and Emily together. So I hope we see more of him in potentially season three. I'm sure there will be season three just because of the cliffhanger that was left at the end of season two. One other thing I do have to say, I, I did I did enjoy the, the series and I would watch a season three. However, in terms of her fashion inspiration, I, I originally loved her fashion. I found that it was very attainable and you could buy similar things. However, this season, it seems to be a little bit eclectic, a little bit different and a little bit more expensive as well this was a little bit less attainable um, in terms of her fashion insp- inspiration. And I feel like some of her outfits were a little bit shoved together. But other than that, I did like the season. I would watch a season three. Other things I watched over the festive period included Nativity. And last night I watched All Star Musicals. Obviously, Nativity is this comfort film. Like we watched it on Christmas Day. We know all the words. We know the ending. If you haven't seen Nativity, just watch it and then tell me how incredible it is because I know how incredible it is. And then, yeah, All Star Musicals last night, it was on ITV. It featured some celebrities and they were just singing songs from their favorite musicals, kind of dressed up. They were learning how to do it. And then there was a vote and one of them win. Yeah, I, I, it was one of those things that was kind of just on so I just watched it but yeah it was it was quite good it's kind of festive viewing that I probably wouldn't put it on if it was on in June next up is about the flight cancellations over the festive period now this is not ideal for so so many individuals who are trying to be with their families over Christmas period and be reunited with loved ones so more than 1,400 flights have been scrapped um today with Chinese and America destinations being the worst hit. And that's according to FlightAware data, the data tracking website. US airlines say this disruption is due to a lot of the crew testing positive or being forced to isolate. Hong Kong is banning all South Korea's Korean air flights for two weeks after positive cases among some arrivals. More than 8,000 flights have been grounded over the Christmas weekend that began on Friday. So that's between Friday and Sunday, which was yesterday. And obviously this is as cases of the Omicron variant spread rapidly across the world. Obviously it's affecting the UK as well. But the worst hit American companies are United as they have 84 cancellations and JetBlue, which had 66. I can't imagine how stressful it probably is like people trying to get to places for new year it's horrendous it's coming to the end of 2021 this year's certainly been the one to remember some of the biggest stories this year kind of in the entertainment news going back to entertainment news were hashtag free britney as her conservatorship has come to the end this year she was placed under this conservatorship with her father and like others in control of her life her finances any medical decisions and it became apparent that britney wasn't happy with this arrangement anymore obviously it was placed over 10 years ago so obviously it's a lot a lot has changed in that time the free britney movement gathered momentum and documentaries about the conservatorship were placed um, under the microscope obviously netflix did a huge one britney spears finally got the chance to speak in court in june 2021 kind of everyone was shocked by what she had to say as she made some serious allegations against her father and kind of the other people involved she was finally granted her freedom as well which is obviously huge huge news and her conservatorship officially ended after 13 years We've had loads of other huge stories this year. James Bond making his return. Meghan and Harry's interview with Oprah. There are so many other stories which have topped the entertainment news this year. It really has been a huge, huge year. I hope 2022 has a lot more better, nice things to to bring. So all that's left really to say is Happy New Year. I'll be back next Monday on the 3rd of January to have a chat about 2022, what's predicted for the new year. I'm going to continue these short 
weekly kind of podcast updates throughout the new year. So make sure to keep an eye out on both our Twitter and our Spotify for any updates or things to get involved in. And thanks again for listening and happy new year. Thank you.